Hi, this is Joel Johnson with another Rainmaker Evolution podcast, and I'm really excited about our guest today, Alfie from Florida, Alfie Tunjian, who uh, I've gotten to know a little bit over the last few years. I consider him a friend. He's got a great business down there. I actually visited his office down there a little while back, and um, what an awesome building he has and a staff that he has, and and, um, just to have all the respect in the world for Alfie and the job he's done down there. Before we get to Alfie... In our conversation today, I want to remind you all that from a compliance standpoint, if you are going to implement anything that we say today or that we've said at any other time, please run it by your compliance people. Um, There are different opinions in the world of compliance. There are some things that are absolute. There are some things that are opinion. So do not rely on us and what we say. Run this by your own compliance people. Alfie or I or Advisors Excel will not be responsible for you getting in trouble um, you are responsible for your own compliance. So with that said, Alfie, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Another 90, uh, 91 degrees here in southwest Florida. Not too bad. A uh, little yeah. humidity. We're, we're gonna, I'm going to wish we had 91 in about three months when we're uh, probably digging out of snow. And That's right. But uh, the cool thing is now I'm in the I'm in the spot financially where you know if it snows and I don't have to go into work it's no big deal I don't feel all that pressure of you know oh my gosh we're gonna lose appointments and so on so sometimes I I welcome those snow days where I can just kick back and binge watch TV do my hundred push-ups right uh, there you and, go and so on so, <laughs> so uh, Alfie so tell us who you are who who is Alfie well Alfie started this uh, wonderful business back in 1983. So I started in uh, Miami. My mom was in the health insurance business. She changed careers in 1981. I helped her helped her pass her tests, her health insurance tests, and life insurance. And then I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, you know, two years later, I went and took the tests. And when I took the test, it was it was a hundred questions for the state of Florida. It was a hundred questions, but it was you had to write the questions out. It wasn't multiple choice. Like what's the definition of life insurance? You had to write it out. And it's, so it was definitely a different type of test, but I did pass it. um, Thank goodness. And, (laughs) and I started really in the health insurance business, doing Medicare supplements, uh, disability insurance, life insurance, a lot of um, really health insurance at, at the time. So it was an agency and that my mom worked for. And then she, uh, she left. She left it um, after about six months when I was there, and she moved to a different part of Florida. So I took her spot. There was ten. It was actually ten um, advisors. I was um, the the last last of the ten there. And what happened? They had a contract with Blue Cross and Blue Shield, which was you know people would call in. So you had each agent had like four hours um, once a week on that phone just to answer the phone and they, they would call blue cross blue show and it would ring right into this agency. And so you would get like anywhere between 10 and 20 calls in those four hours. So it was, that was your lead, but you made $75 when you sold a blue cross blue shield, that was all you made. But if they had health problems, you were allowed to sell uh, union bankers insurance company and rate them up. You could sell supplements with it. You can sell life insurance with it. So it was a good gig for many years, but I got just a tail end of it for about six or seven months and the agents weren't making any money on Blue Cross. So they would just sell, you know, things that they made money on and, and the competitor of, 
of uh, Jerry would send the all these reports of union bankers, how much business they're writing to the Blue Cross Blue Shield. And eventually, we lost it, you know, and that was six months in the business. Um, you know, it was a great start, and then it it went to nothing. There was no leads. So I had a, you know, I, the first four years in this business, Joel, I was just really putting ads in penny savers. Um, you know, make I never made over twelve thousand dollars for the first four years. But you know, I was living in South, you know, South Miami, in Miami, <laughs> and it was. I lived with my uh, my buddy, my roommate, who eventually I got in the business. He's been in the business thirty years now. But um, so, it, you know, when he raised my rent from two fifty, uh, two hundred a month to two fifty, I thought he killed me. I said, <laughs> I can't believe you're raising it fifty dollars. You know, and I, you know, but uh, every dime mattered during that time. It was, you know, but I was enjoying life. And it wasn't until I really went to another agency that supplied leads that um, I ended up being with uh, this um, agency. It was a captive agency. There was like 250 uh, um, agents. It was life insurance, uh, mostly health insurance, supplemental and stuff like that. But they gave you leads. And I was there um, in six months. I I made 40 grand in six months and I was their agent of the year. And, um, and you know, I just, I just wrote more than majority of the people there in six months because I never had leads before they were, everybody with pre-qualified leads. I never pre-qualified any of them. I just, I never had leads. So man, it was like, you know, it was awesome. It was just, you know, I, I would take a lead, call them, get the appointment and go see them. I don't care where I had to drive. I was driving everywhere. But when you're hungry and when you're young, you know, you know, I always say these days, um, I'm not one of these old guys that say these days, but in a sense, they're spoiled because they don't know what it's like to knock on doors. And that's what majority of, of us did. You know, if you've been in the business over 20 years, I've been almost 40 years doing this. I knocked on doors. I was one call closer and it was, but to get leads, that's what people have to understand is that every lead you don't take it for granted and pre-qualify because you don't know what you're going to find when you get in that house yeah. or they come into your you know, the office these days yeah no no question about it and uh yeah you know i look back on the struggle and it was kind of fun you know i didn't think it was too fun at the time i was just scrambling around trying to make a living and support my family but uh you know, thinking about, you know, making all those phone calls and having a case, you know, the, the, having the old phone call that comes in at night because somebody's canceling the application you just wrote, but they don't have the guts to call yeah. you during the day. And you walk in on a Monday morning and you got that lights blinking and you know exactly what that call is. And, you yeah. know, pulling up to somebody's house <laughs> and seeing them pretend they're not home and just, you know, all that stuff. And um, you know, <laughs> it was a nightmare at the time. But man, it really built for me. It built an appreciation of the business, and and uh, and I'm glad it was hard, you know. And it's it's still hard yeah. to create that lead, and uh, that's why we get paid so well in this business is because it's a challenge, and not everybody could do it. So uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Now, then you ended up in Maryland somehow. How did that happen? Because I know you had a business up so, until just a yeah. year or two ago in Maryland. Yeah. So the agency that I was working for, that like I said, this guy he was. He was about 60 years old, um, and uh, Ray Griffin, his name was, and he had, a, you know, he retired at 33. He was with American Income at the very beginning, so there was about 13 of the American Income general managers that got prop, um, 
profit sharing with the company. So they were all multimillionaires, but uh, he didn't really have to work, but he just was a workaholic. So, you know, he opened his office in Fort, Fort Myers, uh, I mean, in Fort Lauderdale. And he just did really, he would do associations, mail out associations like um, nurses, contractors, LPNs, RNs. And so they thought that they were really getting something from the association. And those were our leads. So what I did with him, I moved with him. Um, I started working with him right after Tommy and I started dating again. It was in 1986. And in, the, in that six months, like I said, it was, um, I, I did a lot of business in that. In the, in the year, I I did quite a bit of business and he asked me if I wanted to move to DC because one of the agents that he had up there was in, in uh, trouble there. So I said, um, well, yeah. And then Ray was at a drug problem, alcohol problem, you know, pain kills and stuff and killers. And, uh, so, so anyway, he told me, um, I was going to walk into $10,000 a month, uh, income and that, um, my office is on 16th and K I'm going to have advisors. And, and he's going to introduce me to a congressman. And he, at the time, you know, he was real good friends with Bill Clinton. He was a, he was a liberal, which I, I didn't care too much about politics at that time. So I didn't, I, I knew not, nothing, but you know, if it was now, obviously I would have never left. But, um, but anyway, so the thing about it, Joel, is I moved there without, you know, I went up there to DC with him and he put us in the Hay Adam hotel and we just saw the best of the best. And, so when we moved, literally Tommy and I loaded up our, our truck. I bought a new car cause I'm going to make $10,000 a month. I bought a, a, a Lincoln, my wife and Tommy bought a, a Jeep and we trailered everything to Maryland. And we started really looking in Virginia first. We didn't know where we were going to live. Couldn't find anything there. We ended up moving to Annapolis and it was blind faith because we just did not do our research or anything. And so, um, ended up living in Annapolis. I, I stayed with Ray for about two years. And then I, I met my good friend, Bob Bradford, that really taught me the senior business at a ITT Hartford convention at the time. And that's when I got, I left him in 91 and started my own practice, uh, doing, um, you know, doing life insurance, single premium life insurance, at that time and uh, annuities. So 1991 is when I started doing that. 1994, we started getting into workshops doing Medicaid, uh, Medicare, Medicaid workshops. But those 90 to 91 to 94, it was, it was the Kramer leads. I don't know if you ever used the Kramer leads where, you know, they do a, you know, you get like a hundred leads for about $500, $800. And then they think you're dropping off a booklet of Medicare, uh, like a Medicare booklet and you're just calling to, you're just knocking on their doors and saying, here's the information you want and, and try to get inside. It was a very, very hard, hard sale, but you know, we made good money. I made good money. And if anyone had to do that, everybody would pretty much be out of the business. Cause it was, you had, you know, I had like seven appointments a day and I just tried to get one person to, to sit down with me to, that I felt like we were a good fit. Yeah, I did. Uh, I've, I've never heard it called a Kramer lead, but I did that for a while back in, it was actually the 90s. Um, and uh, they would mail out, what would it be? Somebody would fill out a, um, this might have been different than what you were doing because people had actually asked for something. Um, were you guys just showing well, they up? Did. And they they asked for Oh, something. they did. Okay. 
Okay. There's a thing. I got to tell you. I'll tell you a funny story and then I'll come back to this. So there was a banker's life agency in Massachusetts. And uh, uh, this is a few years back. It's got to be 10 or 15 years ago. And banker's life, they cold call people and then try to set appointments. So they'd have like a phone room that would cold call people and then they would send the agents out to meet with people in their homes. And the general agent figured out that half of these appointments people set, they forgot they set the appointments. And the agents would have to talk their way into the home and convince the people they set the appointments. And so this general agent goes, well, why do we even bother setting the appointments if half the people forget? Why don't we just send the agents out and have them pretend that an appointment was set and talk their way into the houses? And so that's what he started doing. And it became this big thing and Massachusetts came down on them and so on. So, um, you know, I'm not sure we wouldn't want to do business that way. But those were the type of leads I was working too, which was these – not those. not I wasn't involved in that. But somebody would respond to a mailer, usually a little postcard. They'd check the box that says, yes, I want information on my Social Security. Uh, and that was the we same would, thing. That was the same type yep, of lead. We'd yeah. go out there and deliver the thing in person and try to talk our way into the house to try to do a fact finder. Yeah. And uh, – you got it about right. If you could get into one house a day out of seven or eight, you were doing well. You could you could feed yourself. Yeah, we would have our girl, my neighbor. I'd give her twenty dollars. She would come over, and I said, uh, "Lynn, I need six to seven appointments today. I don't care if you get them done in in fifteen minutes or an hour and a half. You get twenty dollars." So she'd come in, and I would I would um, she would call and say, "I got you six today," and and Tommy would uh, map out my my roots for that, um, for that day. I had these maps that it was, you know, before GPSs and everything. And so I would, I would just, um, it would be Alfie's going to be in the air, going to drop something off with morning or afternoon be better. It was one of those just like, so the dogs don't attack it, you know, and, um, they don't even remember. I would, I wouldn't walk in with anything. I would just walk up, knock on the door. I would look down at my uh, shoes and start wiping my feet when they opened the door. And let you in that way, yeah. So that was, it was, um, it was crazy what we what we had to do to get in. But then once you got in, you know, people always said go right to the coffee table. I always went to the wherever they wanted to sit. I sat. It, it didn't matter. I sat in the couches a lot, and you know, and I would just sit there and talk to them, and then say, listen, hey, I got that uh, information for you. Let me run out there and get it. So I'd run out, come back in, say, hey, you mind sitting at the table over here? Then I'd get them to the coffee table. And, you know, it was just um, before, you know, because these appointments would take two to three to four hours. <laughs> you know, I mean, wow. you just, you, I just stayed there. I just stayed there. And it was uh, so, you know, doing what we're doing now, when people come in, they sort of think you're almost like a celebrity if you're doing TV a little bit, you know? Yeah. And yep. so they come in and, it's like there's no pressure on me at all to try to close anybody. I wouldn't close anybody the first time. I mean, 28 years I did that for, but I, I don't even think about it. Um, you know, and I want to get them to the second appointment because we're just, you know, fact-fighting the first one. But it's so much less pressure right now than I had back then. I mean, I can't believe the pressure that I, I put on myself to try to get that one, you know. But you're right, Yeah, you know, um, about, you know, when you have – there was a lot of pressure back then because because you had to make that sale and then you get that call and you know that call is going to be bad. I lost more business than most ad advisors were writing, you know, because you just do. You just, um, 
you know, just when, when you're collecting it for the first time, it's just, it doesn't work good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Alfie, but everybody listening to this should get it. It's, it's called Tin Men and it's Richard Dreyfus and Danny DeVito and they're selling aluminum siding door to door, aluminum siding for houses. Mm-hmm. And it's just got all these great scenarios of, you know, they go up and they knock on a door and, and all these little, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but just these really funny ways that they would get themselves into houses and yeah. these little tricks like, you know, you drop a $5 bill and you pick it up and you pretend it's the homeowners and you insist that it wasn't yours and so you win their trust and um, just all <laughs> kinds of stuff. They have one where they go... They knock on somebody's door that needs siding, and they say, hey, listen, we're doing siding for the person down the street, and before we start, um, we want to – no, it wouldn't be before they start. They said, we're going to take pictures for a magazine, and you know their house is going to look really nice afterwards, so they're going to be the after picture, um, but your house looks really bad, so we want you to be the before picture. So was that okay? <laughs> And then the person say, well, I don't want to be the before picture. And they talk their way into the house. And so it just had all these awesome things about door-to-door yeah, sales. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, uh, um, Tin Man, it's an awesome, awesome movie. And, you know, it's got the thing where, you know, Dreyfus buys a Cadillac that he can't even be close to affording. And, you know, the typical things that salespeople yeah. do when they're starting out. So, Alfie, go back five years. Um, five years, this would be like 2014. What did your business look like at the time? Well, that's what I was looking at. So we have, um, I had Mary do some production. So back in 2014, I was at $18 million a year. Now, you know, that's life insurance. I mean, that's um, annuities and and AUM. So that would be annuities and AUM. So 2014 was 18,000. I would, um, I was doing radio shows, you know, on doing radio. I didn't start doing workshops until 2000 and 16 in 2000. So when we first moved here, we first moved here, it was 2009. Okay. We bought here. Um, and it was just really a place to park our boat because we had a successful business in Maryland and it was just a place to dock it. And we'd come down and my mom lived about 40 miles from here and she was starting to get uh, up in age. And so, you know, we'd come down for vacation and then, it was just very, it was harder and harder to leave Fort Myers when we left. And I'm like, you know, what are we going back to Maryland for? It's like, we have our family is all here. I can do what I'm doing in Maryland here. And so the first year, like from 2009, I would, I would fly back and forth each, each, um, each week. So I had, I would do the workshop. Um, I had a guy at Loftus that did my workshops for me and then the numbers started going down. So I started having to do some workshops. Um, so I would fly in, do a workshop on Monday and then see people Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and fly back Thursday night here. So I did that for a year. Didn't think, didn't think I could really build this area up for whatever reason. I just thought it was a very hard area. Southwest Florida. So 2010, I said, that's it. I'm going to just sell my practice to Ed. I'm going to uh, just do workshops here because that's all we did in Maryland was workshops, but they were Medicaid workshops. They weren't your typical workshop. So I started doing workshops here. Medicaid or Medicare? Medicaid, Medicaid, no Medicaid planning. You know, uh, someone had to go in a nursing home. We'd show them how to save their money using annuities and um, you know, we had 
relationships with the, um, you know, it's, they get, we get them on Medicaid, they can have 500, $600,000, but you know, gosh, we were doing, you know, I was doing $20 million a year on, on, uh, annuities, 20 million a year on annuities. And they were, you know, that's when it was like 10, 10% commission. It was, you know, life was good. I was working two, about two days a week, two and a half days a week for years. And I was, you know, we were making money. Everybody was happy. And then more and more people started doing the workshop. So but I went, so when I came here in Southwest Florida, I said, well, we're not going to do Medicaid workshops. Let's just do regular workshops. Well, at that time I was doing workshops. Um, I just went with mats and money at that time, you know, about 2011. So I was talking about standard deviation <laughs> at these workshops, talked about know your risk and this and that. Well, I went through $50,000, did not set up any appointments. And Tommy said, let me go to one of your workshops. So Tommy, one thing about my wife, she will, <laughs> she, if, if she likes you, you know it. If she doesn't like you, you know it, you know it too. So she came in and she says, Alfie, that was the worst workshop I've ever seen. And I, I said, what's wrong? And, and I didn't get Everything. any appointments. I was talking about standard deviation. I was talk, I was putting people to sleep. And I said, you know what? Workshops don't work here in Southwest Florida. And then we started radio. So um, that's why Cody, Cody Foster says, you know, Alfie, you know, you moved from a successful, you know, place. And then you moved here without doing research. I didn't do any research. Again, I go by gut, good or bad, but I moved here. And for the first two years, if I didn't have money from the sales of my properties I had in, in Maryland, uh, I might've even gotten out, out of the business. It was that bad. I mean, I was going through money like it was free. And, and then I finally, I finally got, got things rolling, you know, with the radio. And then I started getting into, um, 2016, we had a, we had a little, there was 15, maybe we had a coaching event here at the office and I just said, Hey, to, we had about 40 people here, 30 people. I said, what's keeping you up at night? That's all I said. What's keeping you up at night? And they started peppering me with questions, with, um, ISIS. They were, or they were saying terrorists. They were saying, um, Obama, they were, they were saying, uh, our country's not the same. And, and we couldn't write as fast as they were telling us what was wrong, keeping them up at night. So at the end of that, I, I told Mary, I said, you know, we need to have a workshop, how the world affairs affect your financial affairs. It came to me as clear as, you know, as, as that. And so I had my, my friend Drew Steele, who's a conservative talk show host here. And I said, Drew, what, what, what would you think about, you know, you answer the questions on the world affairs. I answer the financial, you ask me the questions, we'll do these workshops at Ruth Chris. So what we did is we did a, a a trial run with our clients. There was about 12 of them. We invited them and we had the speakers hooked up and all that. And, and we went into role play. And at the end, at the end, I knew it was going to work because I said, put your first choice down, your second and your third, you know, four appointments. I said, if, um, if you don't, if you don't know your schedule, it doesn't matter, get one down and we'll come by and pick these up. I said, if everything's good, just put all good. And then after we were done, people clapped and people were wanting appointments. Now, these were my clients. They weren't supposed to get appointments, 
but that's how good it was. It was, uh, it was a good workshop. And so we knew we had something and, and that's how, you know, the world affairs, how it affects your financial affairs started. It was just from a work coaching event that we had here at the office. And you're still doing that. Uh, when you say coaching I'm event still at the doing office, it. do you mean at your office or is this an AE thing that happened? No, no, at my office here. So okay. every three months, what I do is I get our clients in here. We'll have food. We'll have some drinks. We'll have food, appetizers, heavy appetizers. And then I talk for about a half hour. Sometimes I have a guest speaker come. And we just try to bring our clients in. Every, you know, there'll be anywhere between 30 to 50 that will come. And so this every, is what you're calling every three months. So this is what you're calling a coaching event. That's our coaching event for our okay. clients. These are just really for clients. Uh, they can bring somebody if they want, but we just you know go over you know what we feel is happening here with the market, if you know with interests or what whatever. We'll have different topics. But we do that just to keep our our clients engaged. You know, every every three months we do that. But one of the events. That's when I, I said, what, you know, I was just, I just blurred out what's keeping you up at night. And that's when they started peppering me with these questions. And that's what started me thinking, you know, we, if they're concerned with it, that goes to our, our coaching events all the time, then, you know, what's, what's the audience out there in, in real life thinking about their retirements and stuff. So it was a good, it was a good, um, eye opener. So since we started doing workshops, that's our number one. That is our number one rate of return is our workshops. And then, and then it would be, um, I, I wrote, I wrote things down. It would be, uh, the website. I didn't know that until today. Websites number two. Interesting. Which, which, you mm -hmm. know, people aren't just finding your website. So they're finding your website because of your TV and your radio stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. So they're finding the website with that. They're, um, so we have a lot of, you know, the, the website's doing good. And then, then Hannity does good too. Now, um, so back in 2014, you brought in about 18 million per year. You weren't doing workshops. You started doing workshops in 2016 by listening to your clients. I want everybody to hear that. Okay. Alfie listened to his clients when they were interested in something and built a workshop around that. What a novel idea. So many of us are out mm -hmm. there, you know, designing our own workshops and maybe the clients don't even care. So um, great idea there. I love the idea of every 90 days getting the clients together for what you're calling a coaching session. Uh, so again, 2014, about 18 million, you weren't doing any workshops, you started doing workshops in 2016. What does the business look like today? Well, year to date, we're at uh, just shy of 70 million, and I'm the only producer right now. So awesome. I, I got fantastic. some numbers on the average case right now is at 1.9 per, per household. That's household. It's 1.9 million. So that's the, that's the average new client is, is 1.9 million per household that you're getting? Yes. Okay. That's this year. Now, last year was 700. So it, it really jumped up a lot this year. What do you attribute that job uh, to? I think I think it's just a combination of doing everything with TV. I think the credibility that TV brings, uh, the workshops, the radio show, the Hannity commercials. I just think it's all you know. It just it, it just 
feeding from each other. Are you putting anything out there, Alfie, that says that uh, there's a there's a minimum amount, or if you have X amount of dollars, give us a call or anything like that? Yeah, everything is five hundred thousand dollars or more. Okay. Yeah. So what Our if somebody mailing, calls and they only have two hundred? Um, I don't take them. Okay. But now next year I'm bringing on a, um, an advisor that I'm, I'm moving him up, and that will be his. Um, I'm going to give those to him. Okay, perfect. I'm going to give, you know, under the 500 to him. Okay. So I sidetracked you a little bit. So uh, year-to-date, $70 million as of today, which is October 29th. Yeah. Um, average case, $1.9 million, or average new relationship, $1.9 million per household. Um, you've got TV going. Uh, that's added to your credibility. You're positioning the firm where you need to have more than 500000 to work with you. Uh, what else does the business look like? How many employees do you have? So, you know, we only, we have uh, four, we have four employees. We have our marketing, our marketing uh, person, which is Mary. She's, she's, you know, I would, I would have to say anyone on this call, if you don't have a marketing person, or if you do have a marketing person, that's not a superstar, you need to have, you need to get a superstar. So, you know, Mary was in here giving me these, um, these numbers and then when she she was real surprised also about the website you know how much it created the the website numbers and that i'm looking at it right now it's 2.3 million from the website you know per case the workshops are 3 million then handy is 1.6 the radio show is 900 tv show is just over 1.1 per household so your biggest households are coming from workshops Yes. That's amazing to me. That's the exact opposite of what we're seeing. And you know what's weird though? Uh, Like this time last, this time last year we had, you know, now, now we will, when we mail somebody, Joel, if they come, if they've come to our workshop, we take them off the mailing list. Okay. Okay. If they've been to, been to our workshop, we take them off the mailing list. Um, so, but last year we had, for November, the same times, we had 40 and 40 and a little bit of a waiting list. Next week, we only have like 20. And then the following week, we have like 26. So the numbers are down. The, this year from our workshop, we had, we had over the last three months, we had to uh, consolidate two workshops in a one. So last year uh, last year we had on in october we only had 21 people coming to our workshop and so we had to cancel one so what we did last month is we used rme and we used their digital one now they give you like a guarantee they give you like a they guarantee let's say 65 people okay and but it's like 200 dollars a person so they guarantee 65 65 uh, show criteria. up or six, 65 show up or 65 well no that's what see they didn't talk about that they didn't talk about that they just said 65 well they they eliminated 80 80 right off the bat they eliminated 80 people and then they got the 65 and out of the 65 there was like eight that went to our workshop before so we were down in the 50s and we did have our workshops and we had about 20 to each one there but we did get appointments from them there was some high net worth there were some high net worth people that, um, that, you know, that came. 
So I'm not discounting saying that it's good or bad, but it, it, it did good to use that digital RMEs digital for last year, for last month. Um, well, this October, I should say October, because last year we had to really cancel it. But it's very expensive. You know, if you do, you're talking $13,000 just for, and you might only, that's saying 65 signed up. But now you, you know, who came, there was about, I would say about 75% came. So the, the amount that showed up was better than typical, like a white glove or whatever, because they do vet them a lot. They do vet them and then Mary calls them and qualifies them a little bit. And these were 500,000 and above, you know, even through digital, we were able to do 500,000 and above. And you're doing, you were doing this digital only, right? You're, you weren't combining it with, uh, I wasn't combining it. That was, they don't guarantee it unless you do it a hundred percent. So let me just make sure I have this straight. So you paid for 65, 65, what? 65 people that registered 65 people. Yep. That registered. 13 grand. Okay. And then, and then out, out of the 13, there was eight that should not have been on that list because because they out of the already 60, came to out of the workshop. 65 out of the 65 right out of the 65 yeah. there were eight okay and so and then so there you was have about so 65 minus 8 that showed up okay so 65 minus 8 is 57 and how many people showed up um let's say 20 and 20 for okay. the two workshops okay so about so 40 40 42 people showed up okay which isn't bad no it's not bad it's not bad because the year before we mailed out a, you know, about 12,000 pieces and had, had to cancel a workshop. I only had 21. So I wanted to do something different in, in October. Now, November comes, I said, you know, we had a waiting list uh, here in Fort Myers. This is when the season starts. So I said, let's just go back to doing a mailing. So we did the mailing. And again, we only have 20 and 26 so far. Now we still have a week and two weeks to go for the other one. But, but what we do, when you talk about cross-pollinating, so our Hannity commercials are ran about five, five times, um, five times uh, a day on 92.5, which is our main station here, all conservative talk. We have, uh, I do the midday report and the closing bell. Midday at 12 o'clock, I'll talk about, hey, the market's up today. It looks like it's going to be a good day. Um, I'll say something for about 30 seconds, then Hannity comes on, and then Rush Limbaugh comes on right after that at 12.04. So we're the last commercial, and then Rush comes on. And then at 4.30, we, we do the 4.30 closing bell instead of 4. We couldn't get the 4, so we did a 4.30 closing bell, and then Hannity comes on. And then they give you bonuses, too. So I pay for about three or four a day, and then you get bonuses here in, in, in Fort Myers. So we're on the radio quite a bit. We're on the radio. Um, and then the TV show is on NBC right after Meet the Press on Sunday and then right after George Stephanopoulos at 10 o'clock. So we're on twice on Sunday. You know, we're spending money. We're definitely spending money. But I do have the uh, ROI on, on that if you want to know that. Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen your sheets and you get a nice ROI on, on pretty much everything you do. And then one of the keys is that you're so efficient. I mean, to do the amount of business that you do, Alfie, with four employees, you don't need the same and, – and let's just define for everybody listening. When we say ROI, we mean if we spend a dollar on marketing, how much revenue comes in. 
So in, in an organization that's not as efficient, you might need, for every dollar you spend on marketing, you might need 3 or $4 to come in. But if you're running a really tight ship like you obviously are, then maybe you only need you know, $1.80 or $2 to come in, and you can be incredibly profitable. Um, so there's two things going on here. One is you're keeping your numbers. I guess a few things going on. One, you're keeping your numbers so you know exactly what your ROI is. You've got this cross-pollination thing going on between radio, so when somebody gets that digital ad in their Facebook news feed, they know you already, um, especially your target audience, because you've narr- because of you know using Hannity, you're positioning yourself in such a way where you know if somebody's some whack job Elizabeth Warren type, they're not going to show up. You know they already resent you because that's what they spend mm-hmm. energy doing is resenting people, and so they already resent you because you've got Hannity speaking for you. So you're narr- you're excluding people that would not have the same values that you do you they're getting they're seeing the ad in the facebook feed which they're relating back to hannity and vice versa and you've just got this awesome cross-pollination like you said going on that is incredible for marketing which means yeah maybe you're only getting 20 people to workshops where you used to get 35 but those 20 people are really softened up would you agree with that because of all the stuff you're doing I would, and then, and then, you know, with RME, they have the dollar mounts, and they were, they were showing. Uh, Mary was reading off, you know, the dollar mounts. It was like there was only one that was five hundred and over. All the other ones were one to two million, uh, two to three million, over three million. So the people that were there that are coming are going to be the right ones. You know, they're going to be the right people. It's, you know, so I think I think in this business, what what people are afraid to do. And, and I was fighting with my wife, Tommy, cause she was like, no, we don't need that. We don't need that radio show. We don't need that. And I said, we got to, we got a market, got a market. So I was spending, I mean, this took a long time. I was not making money here and I would, you know, cry to Cody. I said, Cody, man, I don't know, man, this is killing me over here. I'm not making any money. I'm, I'm not, you know, and he says, you know, you just moved to a brand new area. I'll see, you know, you got to, you got to give it, you know, so in five years, it took me five years, you know, it's not like, I know when you move in a different area, Joel, you make money right away, but it, it took me a long, it took me a while to make money here. Uh, it is not an easy market. People think it's an easy market, but it's not. I mean, you got, you know, Naples is, you know, one of per capita is one of the wealthiest places. You know, we mail down there, our TV shows down there and we get clients down there, but you're not going to get you're not going to get the, the, the 40 to $50 million people. I mean, I got one that's coming that's, um, that, that I saw last week, he has 20 million. Okay. And he's our type of guy and we might get him, but I don't, I don't know. We got, you know, now he came from the TV show. So what I like to do with that, I say, Hey, Trey, come on, come to our, um, come to our workshop next week. And I said, you know what, Fred, it's a little bit light. So bring whoever you want. I said, bring whoever you want. Just let us know if you have five people, whatever. You can bring whoever you want. So, um, you know, so that's the thing about having having different channels of marketing because I'd like to get them to the workshop if they haven't been to the workshop. Yeah, what, that, that's that what, gives, and that's where that, they're that really going to get to know you at, is at the workshop. Yes. That gives you credibility there. So, you know, so if you're not doing workshops um, – I mean, you, you just have to do more than, I don't want to be like I was in Maryland. Look, in Maryland, we made lots of money. 
but we only did workshops. We did two workshops a, a week. Um, you know, Ed, my, my, my guy, Ed would do my workshops for the first 10 years. He did all the workshops. He built my home and I taught him how to do workshops. And then he did the workshops for me for 10 years. So I didn't, I didn't see people, but Tuesday and Wednesday. So when they came to the workshop, if they couldn't see me the next day or the following day, they had to wait six months until we were back. That's and, amazing. And I did that for, I, that was awesome. I did that for 10 years. But so I, I, you know, I was spoiled. I, and I said, I moved here and I'm getting payback because now I'm spending money. Now I'm working, but you know, it, it's a, it's a great business. You know, I do get aggravated with it. Um, you know, but you just gotta, you gotta just count your blessings because we're, we're doing something that we're, you know, I think how I look at it is, you know, we're helping people and the more successful you get, like Joel, if you were to see people, it, you know, you don't need, you don't need the money. And when you have AUM, you have that money coming in. So they know they, they feel the confidence that I don't care if you do business or not, you know? Right. And if you do yeah. business, if you do business, you know, it's good for both of us, but don't think I need your money. Don't yeah, think that I attracts need your money. Pe and that, and people are attracted by that. People are attracted to the, about the fact that you don't need their business. And, um, you know, you compare that to like, how would you feel if you had a knee problem, you go to a doctor that's trying to close you to do the knee surgery versus the guy that says, oh, you need surgery. And you go, well, I don't think I do. Okay, well, have a nice day. You know, you, you're mm -hmm. much more attracted to that person that's not trying to sell you, even though it's our job yeah. to, to persuade people to do something they wouldn't normally do on their own. That, that is our job. But at the same time, we're not trying to be financial evangelists. We're not trying to you know, set up this scenario where they where they are are pushed into something, because quite frankly, and you're probably in the same place. I don't really care. You know, we know we're giving good advice. We know we're helping people. We yeah. know that we're probably giving the best advice they're going to get in our marketplace, ninety um, percent of the time, and you know that that should be enough. So you're right. It's very attractive when we no longer try to close. I was talking to Randy Becker about this earlier about that whole thing about, you know, figuring out the clothes and they say this and so I say this and back and <laughs> forth. And and it's like, I don't, that's just exhausting to live that way, you know? So it, it is. T talk about your sales process briefly before we sort of start to, to I want to ask you some questions about the future, but just give us a quick rundown of what does it look like when somebody comes into your office? How many appointments? What do you talk about? And so on. Okay. So when, when people come in, I have um, just have this sheet of paper, and I got this from from uh, Mark Freed, uh, yep. Friedman or Freed, yeah, Freed, yeah, Mark and, Freed, um, yep, Freed, yeah. And it's a, it was it's a nice process. You put the, the name, and you just sort of go. Uh, the one thing I do, I get their information. I now I I have, and this is the person I'm going to have as my advisor, uh, David Antonucci, but he takes my notes. I always the last you know four or five years, I always have someone in the room taking my notes with me. Okay. So they're typing out the notes. So they come in, they sit on my right, David's on the left and I'm at the end and I'm asking questions and he's taking the notes and they see the, and then what David will do, he will eat, you know, clean it up at the end and he will email them a recap of the first, of the first meeting. 
So he seemed to like that. So I can, I tell him, look, you can take notes or what, but David will send you everything we're talking about. He goes, Oh, that that's great. That's great. So they can just focus on me and I don't have to focus on writing anything down. But so my process is, is, you know, getting their, their ages, their name, where they come, you know, what type of work did you do? And this and that I put up on the, on the uh, 70 inch smart screen. I, I, I say, look, um, these are called value words. And, um, you know, this is, what does your money mean to you in non-financial terms? So, you know, these are words that are like, um, you know, generosity, security, peace of mind, adventure, you know, they're value words. So, you know, they'll say, uh, security. So I put security. Well, tell me, what, what do you mean about security? Well, I just want to make sure I have enough money. I don't run out of money. Generosity. What, what, what do you, what is, what do you mean about that? And then, you know, they, they delve into that a little bit. So I get three or four words from them, put that on there. And then I, the next thing would be, you know, are you, what, you know, what do you want your money to do for you? Are you needing income now? Are you want to grow it? So they tell me that. And then I, you know, I'll talk about like is, um, you know, who's important in your life. Do you have family is a legacy important. And then, so if they go to hand me statements, I don't, you know, their statements are over there, but I don't touch their statements until I get to the statement part. And then uh, now I do give them at the workshop. If they're coming from the workshop, we give them a packet at the workshop and it, it is like a family questionnaire, you know, to put their income, their assets and everything. Some of them fill it out. Some of them don't. I don't care about it because I'm going to ask them that question anyway. But they yep. fill it out. That's usually pretty good. But then I would just give that questionnaire to David and he would start putting it in the in the computer. And he starts putting, you know, he he, he has a nice little, uh, he, he just takes very, very good notes. So I think a note taker is so important inside your meeting. Yeah, I love that idea. So, and then, and then what I do is, okay, well, tell me about your income. So I get their income and then I start to, you know, look at their, their finances at that point. And then I, I say, tell me, uh, do you have a, the next one, do you have an advisor? Yes. Okay. Where, where's, where's he or she at? Wells Fargo. Okay. I put that down. Um, you know, are you related to them? What's your relationship? Nah. Oh, I've been with them for 10 years or, yeah. Oh, we're best friends. We go out to, you know, if they're real good friends and they go out all the time, I right there, I say, listen, um, you probably wouldn't leave your advisor then if it's that good of a relationship. Oh no, no, no. I, I would definitely, uh, if you can show me something better, I would, I, I make them give me that commitment. If there's no way they're going to leave them, I stop the meeting there and say, listen, um, it, it's good that you have an advisor that you really like. But there's a lot of work I have to do here with my team, and I don't really want to, you know, waste our time to do all this work if if you have if you if there's no way you would leave your advisor if you like what we have, and then if if they say no we no we would do that I say okay you will if you like what we have yes then I get that from them because if they say no then we stop the meeting. You know, but I want to know yeah. if they have advisor, what their, what their relationship is. And, you know, has your advisor talked to you about income? Has your advisor talked to you about legacy? Has your advisor talked to you about, you know, giving your required minimum distributions directly from your, from your um, custodian account directly to the, the church or directly so you don't have to pay uh, taxes on it? Have they talked to you about that? 
So, so you're driving a little wedge in there, trying trying to mm-hmm. find where the uh, yep. The next thing would be just telling them, uh, you know, what we do. We do coaching classes every three months, and and then we will meet once a year. If something comes up that you have to meet with me, hey, I'm there for you. But if you need to see me once a month, we're probably not a good fit. I tell them that we're probably not a good fit if you have to see me once a month. Um, no, no, I I don't. You know, and the ones with a lot of money, believe it or not, they're the ones that don't want to see you. Right. It's yeah, the ones we've that, noticed that, too. It's the smaller cases are yeah. the ones that's going to give you the biggest headaches. The yeah. smaller cases. Yeah. Because that's no, their life savings. No kidding. Um, and then, then the last thing is, I, you know, I said, what do you like to do? I mean, what's, you know, you like golf or, oh, we like to travel. And if they like to travel, they like to play golf. I put that on there. So I have this whole sheet. I know a little bit about them, quite a bit about them. And then we, um, you know, I like to do the risk allies. I don't know if you mm-hmm. use that or not. Yeah, we do. But I like to do, I like to do the risk allies on the first appointment. You know, at, so right now when you the say do the when you say do the risk allies, you you don't mean feeding all their holdings no, no. into risk. No, no, you mean you're asking them I, the question. I questions. find out what their risk number is. I want to in find person. out what their risk number yeah. is. Yeah, that's valuable yep. doing it in person because. You send out those emails, a lot of them don't come back, right? And now what are you mm-hmm. going to do for the second appointment? So, yeah. we Not um, only that, you you want to do the long version of the risk It takes yep. five minutes. And you want to and, – and what I do on that risk I I don't use the percentages. I tell them, look, you'd have $100,000 more on this one, but if you choose B, you could be down. I use dollar amount, so I take it from whatever – if. If it's 1.1 million, I'd say, look, you'd be down to $300,000, 800,000, you'd be down 300,000. But if you land on tails, you're up, you know, 1.2 million. I use dollar amount wise. Yeah. I use dollars instead of percentages. So I get a number from them and I explain the risk. I said, listen, anytime they're going to, they're talking about 150% at 50, 50, I said, it's worth, that's risk reward right there. I said, take advantage of that. And that's all I educate them on that. And I sort of yeah. coach them a little bit because it's hard to understand the risk. I, I coach them a little bit. Does it make, you know, and so anyway, I get their number. And then, um, you know, I said, I look forward to our second appointment. We're going to have a lot of great information. You're not going to want to miss a second appointment because we're going to go over this, 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 this. We're going to put an income plan together for you. And then we, um, we go from there. See if, oh, I do. Uh, like I said, I do say this. I say, look. Um, Dave and I will talk. We're going to review your notes. We're going to talk about you to see if we feel like you're a good fit for the firm. The same you're going to be talking about us to see if we're a good fit for the firm. And, and, but you want to let them know that we're going to, we don't accept everybody. We, and I just say, we don't really take everybody that we see. We just can't, we're selective, but we're going to talk and see if we feel like you're a good fit. Well, what would make us a good fit? (laughs) Sometimes they'll say that. And you yeah, know, people want to you know, people just, want to qualify, right? People want to qualify. Yes, they you know? do. I mean, think about the last they time do. you were told, "Oh, you probably don't qualify for this." You go, well, like, "What do you mean I don't qualify? I qualify." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to. People want to be part. People want to be part of a group they can't be part of. That's right. We all yeah. do. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's some great tips. And then, are you typically, um, if I remember correctly, when I was visiting you? 
do you have are you asking them to do business at the second appointment or are you kind of taking it slow and doing the third appointment what what is what's your process well there? so the process is this it's you know i've been doing a lot of second appointment uh closes now but sometimes it's the third mm-hmm. um, you know but lately it pisses me off because i i like yesterday there was one that everything looked good it was like 2.5 million and and they said you know we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll meet you again. We're at one more uh, firm that we're going to see. We're going to go see Ed, uh, Moran Edwards. And they're like a, you know, $2 billion RIA in Wells Fargo. So, you know, I, it, the last two is uh, the last, you know, two or three, they're putting me off because they're seeing one other person, one other firm. So that, that hasn't happened, but happened like two or three times in a row. So that's sort of aggravating. So at that point, you really say, oh, that's no problem. I want to see you last. So regardless of what you choose, I'd like to see you and let me see what they're showing you. I will say that. But but I explained to them, the people want to know what to do next. When they're just sitting there, they're, they don't know what, what to expect. So what I tell them, I say, you know, it's no big deal. And I was, I was taught this from my, one of the best closers I've ever met, Bob. And Bob would say, oh, it's no big deal. We just take it from over here, move it over there. It's, it's no big deal. That was his whole thing. It is no big deal. And that's why I tell people it's no big deal. We just take it from this account and move it over here, Fidelity. And if they say, do I call the, or do I call my advisor? I said, no, no, don't do that. Let's get it over first. He'll get notice, then give him a call because the last thing we want to happen is them cashing out your stuff and costing you all this unnecessary money because we don't charge for liquidating. And they, oh, okay, so don't call them until I tell you. So so I do tell them, I tell them the process. We move it from the TD Ameritrade, we move it over here, Fidelity. Once it comes to Fidelity, what we'll do, we'll set up another appointment. We'll come, review our plan again, and see exactly if there's any changes that need to be made. If there is, we'll do it then. If not, if you need another appointment, it doesn't matter. It's no big deal. I like that. It's no big deal. We can do another, you know, another. Well, let's just go ahead and do it then. Typically, it's like that. That's great. Awesome. So, Alfie, is there anything? I mean, this has been great. Thank you very much for your help. Your help I enjoyed a lot of people this. here on this. Um, is there anything else you feel like we've missed? Any final tips you want to give? Yeah. The only thing I would say is this. Um, you know, if, if if you're not in Rainmaker, I guess everybody that's getting this uh, this podcast is in Rainmaker, but um, it has really helped, helped, helped me think bigger. Um, I just wanted to say the people in the group, you know, it's you doing your stuff, and then in the breaks, you're around people. You don't want to be the biggest producer. I know you're the biggest producer, Joel, but there are some people – on your heels. You got to big that, time is good. That's what you I'm, want. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people on your heels. So yeah. but when you're around people like that, you're around, you know, winners and, um, and then they give you tidbits of what, you know, what they're doing and you, you'll pick up more things on the, you know, the dinners, the, you know, having a, a drink with them or in, in between breaks. Uh, and, and you just need to be around because right here, there's no one around where I am that I can talk to. So when I go to these meetings, I really enjoy it because I'm around people that's, that's making me look like a peon, which is okay. So it's all, it's all good. Um, but you know, one thing you always said is hire slow, fire fast. 
and and that's a and I used to wait on things for to see if they worked, and I would hold them for a year, I'd go through fifty thousand dollars before I I I said you know what let's just stop it's not working, I stop it faster now because of Rainmaker I I mean because I, you know your numbers, you just stop it faster and move on, so. Uh, but but the only other thing is I would say the book, our book that I wrote a couple years back, I, I really didn't think it was going to be anything, but it has helped a lot if you write a book that is about yourself. And if anybody wants my book, um, I, I'll send it to you, no problem, but it's about me. It's about my, my, my childhood story, you know, in a foster home and all this other stuff, but I pour it out. So they see it and, or they hear it and, and they read it and they say, you know what? I relate to this guy, you know, and, and that's what it's about. It's about them knowing you. And we get a lot of people just calling in for the book and then they call for the appointment after they read the book. So if you haven't done a book and if you do a book, don't just do it with, uh, with numbers and charts. You got to talk about little stories and talk about yourself, your childhood, um, what drives you, and you, it will be bigger than you really can imagine. Because Mario, we said oh, this is going to be huge, and I didn't really see it, but it really is. That's great, great advice, Alfie. Thank you. Um, you've helped a ton of people here. I've got two pages of notes. Uh, I'm about to. I'm going to leave this little studio I have, march down to my marketing director, and as usual, my style of manages management is, why aren't we doing all this stuff? And then she'll implement <laughs> as much as she can. So, um, thanks. It's been great. I look forward to seeing you soon. Say hi to Tommy for me, and um, thanks sure for will. being part of the co- podcast. I appreciate it. All right. Bless you, and bless everybody on here. <laughs>